2: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's... Uh called My Old Man.
0: Arahan to Grealish. Arahan! Oh, yes!
2: Now one of foot does the trick again. The corner Arahan and Aston Villa.
0: Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast show, nominated for Best Club Podcast in the Football Supporters Association Awards 2019. Joining me, it's not a celebratory uh, show, or is it, gentlemen? Celebrating this? Yeah. Is it a W? Yeah. It's always a W. I mean, we don't, I don't get out of bed for anything less And I've been
3: chipped out of the permafrost in Norway to arrive here, especially.
0: Yes, welcome, uh, Mr. Dan Rogers, who uh, I'm sure will tell us the real story behind his Norwegian trip. Uh, we obviously got Chris down the line from Norway. Well, he's actually in Copenhagen uh, when we spoke to him. Uh, also joining me, uh, Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. And he was a mom's patron answering a cry for help uh, on the last episode. Just, Came out of nowhere, two, two hours notice, did a good job, back in the seat again. Ben Redding, welcome again. Thank you very much, nice to be back. Dan, what happened? What was this real story? Because Chris was crying about that we'd got him into some trouble and uh, never really explained it to me. I couldn't work out what, what he was getting his knickers in a twist for.
3: Well, what, what happened was that, that we had a, a lovely, peaceful, uneventful evening and we had some dinner um And and we ended up at the high fixture that was Norway versus the Faroe Islands, and it turned out to be a...
0: Cut to the chase. We know you went to Norway and the Faroe Islands. What happened? It was oh. pyro, there was video It was pyro. What I stupidly did was, well, no, not what I stupidly did. I, as I always do, I took
3: a little bit of video, I took it out, I tagged a few people in. We thought nothing of it, you know, the, the acrid smoke drifted away, and we took on more drink, we sat down for dinner, and a telephone rang, and...
2: Neuland, Neuland, Neuland Neuland, (laughs)
3: Neiland to drop the fucking ball again (laughs) or something to that effect and what happened was that basically my tweet had been picked up by Norway's equivalent of the BBC and Chris's name was tagged in it so um, there was some notoriety that came off the back of that so I had to it
0: it was on the news wasn't it
3: yeah it made the news and I I think that a few people noticed that shall we say Uh, and his wife wasn't happy nope uh, uh, No, no, no. His newfound fame wasn't, I don't think, fully appreciated in the moment.
0: Right. Well, we spoke to Chris uh, from Norway on the last show. This show, we are off to Dubai. To, Warmer uh, climates. To speak to Ryan from the Dubai Lions to see how they're getting on. Uh, they are celebrating their fifth year anniversary. Coming up also in the show, we discuss uh, Mr. Jack Grealish. Is he just hype? Should he be in the England team? What's the story? Also, we'll have a quick Villa dump to uh, bring us up to speed with Newcastle in 60 seconds. Three points include facial recognition. Is it trying to be forced into the Premier League on the sly? Standing at games also uh, seems to be on the horizon. Finally, I mean, I'm talking about standing legally. Also, there's the bizarre case of J. Lloyd Samuel. (laughs) Very bizarre. Yeah. We'll get onto that shortly. Uh, Steve Bruce's downfall at Villa Park. No. Hurrah! Hurrah! The ins and outs of uh, the Newcastle game, and also uh, a three-way Scott Hogan touch count. Uh, just uh, before we uh, turn over to Mr. Chris Budd, uh, just quickly, uh, this show will be sponsored by Beer52. If you are not one of the uh, many people who have already taken advantage of the offer, which is essentially a free crate, of well, it's actually a box, of 10 Top IPAs, craft beers, delivered to your door the next day. All you have to do is pay the postage, £4.95. You actually will be joining a craft beer club, which you can cancel at any time. And uh, we've obviously sampled the goods. Uh, I think it was episode 90, wasn't it? I'm sampling as we speak. And uh, you can join, uh, you can either just have uh, all light beers or you can have a mixture of darks uh, and light where obviously you have access to stouts and porters, but it is well worth joining up. It's it's actually a no-brainer for like four ninety-five. It's coming up to Christmas, 10 decent beers. Get on it. Just go to wwwbeer com. stroke moms, but the link will be in the show notes. Mr. Bud, tell us about That Newcastle game. Am I on the countdown? I'll count you in. Three, two, one. (laughs) Bruce returns to Villa Park for the first time since
4: Cabbage Gate. Some shocking haircuts on show in the Toon Army team, by the way. They give us the ball and retreat to their own 18-yard line for 90 minutes. Target throws up everywhere. Villa have a lot of the ball, but Newcastle organised. Bruce Ball is horrible to watch, reassuringly. Heaton makes a great save from a header from a corner. Horahan, great free kick. 1-0. Horahan, great free kick. 2-0. Elgardi with an easy finish. No VAR, thank you very much. Grudish runs the game. Big Wes, slightly improved. Elgarzi has the ball in the net for the third. Offside. More Villa chances follow. Their keeper makes a load of great saves from Louise, Wesley, and Konza. Villa could and should have killed the game. Tunnel Flat has a very poor toon side. McGinnis the post with the last kick of the game. Probably the most routine Villa performance we've had in the Premier League this season. Sob on the tyne. Mark three.
0: Still got five seconds. Anything to add? Fuck the Geordies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Right, then uh, let's get on to the three points. Uh, First of all, uh, a bit of a kind of conspiracy feel to this one. Uh, We mentioned this on the, uh, I think it was episode take one of 91 that only went out to the patrons. But uh, we discussed facial recognition. At that time, it was because uh, it had been tried Swansea uh, Cardiff Welsh Derby. Since then, uh, something's come up. uh, That Swansea game, I think, was challenged. The use of facial recognition was challenged in that game. But uh, Lord Justice Hayden Cave, sitting with uh, Mr. Justice Swift, concluded that uh, South Wales' use of live facial recognition met the requirements of the Human Rights Act. So this company, Super Recognizes, selling facial recognition technology, has jumped on this. And uh, they've said, I don't know if this is an internal memo or or a message from them, but it says, we are already at clubs, including Premier League, doing facial recognition trials and they are starting to buy into it. But this will now only fly forward now due to the court result. So there's several of these companies. I mean, initially, uh, I think it was the Sunday Times broke in August that Manchester City were... trialing facial recognition for for like having a fast lane to go in. So you could go, it's like the priority queue for Ryanair or wherever. There's
3: no such thing as a priority queue. (laughs) There isn't, it's bullshit. bullshit. (laughs) Everyone queues for the priority.
0: I went to Madrid, one of the legs was uh, priority and you get there and pretty much 75% are on the priority queue. (laughs) You bought a bag. Because it's the only fucking way you can get a bag on. It's uh, it's, it's how they get you. But anyway, uh, so there was this... uh, Conspiracy that Manchester City would be trialing this technology, basically to have a one-lane super fast lane where you, if you signed up to it, facial recognition, you could go straight in. So there, again, they're they're trying to sell surveillance to you as a benefit. Now, uh, this apparently never happened. I think the company was called Blink. Uh, so on the upshot of this uh, f- uh, football supporters association, we've been talking about this, trying to find out what Premier League clubs are actually involved here. So far in terms of like Newcastle, Manchester United, even Villa and Manchester City have all uh, all denied that they are trialling this. So we don't know if this is basically a super recogniser's playing a poker hand of bluff and basically saying oh yes uh, premier league clubs are trialing it so that to basically FOMO it for other clubs to actually join in no i think what we're seeing is a, a
3: normalization of something in, into like the, the civilian world that's completely irrelevant you know we're talking about a military grade technology that's used yeah you know it's used it, it, it's real world de- deployment at the moment i think is in in the us airport system and like in a very very limited scale and what, why do they need to photograph and take my face if I'm coming into a football game? Under the And I, I don't buy any of this under the guise of getting you into. Yeah, under bullshit, fashion. Yeah. That's, that's I was going to say,
5: it's fairly quick now with a season card, isn't it? I-
3: it's, it's well it's instant you tap your card and it's slowly, you know it's that like an oyster yeah. equivalent and my, yeah. my, my argument I know that a lot of people wouldn't have heard what we said on, on episode 91 um but, but my argument is is that the this is dangerous creep and I think that it's it's irrela- it's not necessary it's uh, a dangerous precedent and I think it can it's been proven already I think King's Cross station used yeah. misused the data they lost all the data of the people because
5: people it's people tedious.
0: do the argument well if you've got no, you know if you haven't done anything wrong you've got nothing to worry about but uh, I mean I've read 1984 by Orwell a few times and when you read it uh, as a kid, a few decades ago, you think, yeah, this is going to happen. It's a commentary now. Now it's like, well, it's already happening and people are just walking into it blindly. Yeah, I'm not. Almost stupidly. I'm not feeling this at all, especially, you know, where do you draw the line? How old
5: are you going to be to have your face scanned? Are we talking young kids with season tickets to get in the ground here? Or is it going to be adults? What? What's the criteria for it? Yeah, well, as I say,
3: it's just the latest normalisation of big data where you get yourself into a situation of what, what are they what are they collecting and collating this for? Is this really a crime prevention thing or is that actually a monitoring tool to to eke out every last penny and then actually know everything about your lives down to the last yeah, detail? So. Well, how yeah.
5: many how many CCTV cameras have they got at a football stadium now? They're everywhere. Exactly. And they, they know, know who everyone is, don't why,
0: they? Exactly. Why do you need facial recognition it's just going too far just uh, kind of a hypothetical thing maybe on a silly note but uh, it's kind of poignant you watch these like terminator films where they get to the point where artificial intelligence is in control of things and they say... I wish artificial intelligence was in control of Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) But they get to the point where to improve things, artificial intelligence works it out and they say, oh, we must get rid of human beings. They are the people that are...
3: I fucking agree. They should exterminate us. Have you seen what we've done to this world? (laughs) We've got
0: turtles choking
3: on 2010-11 Aston Villa
0: season cards in the (laughs) middle of the Pacific. So suddenly, artificial intelligence delivers the instruction and they know everything about everything. Everybody, Because the data is there. People have been, you know, people have been collecting data on Facebook, so they can actually predict and manipulate you as they did in not only the in in America in the in the Trump uh, general election, but also obviously the Brexit vote. But before that, they were testing this on, well, let's say smaller elections across the world, they were using it, they were testing, could they make a certain election base or a certain candidate's base apathetic so they wouldn't go and vote and they proved they could do They must have tested it on Aston Villa's fan base (laughs) (laughs) I've just had an epiphany
5: actually I know why they're bringing this in it's to stop people in the away scheme selling the tickets on yeah. <laughs> when they get to the ground we've got your face that's not you fuck off
4: it's yeah. literally, it's literally no, yeah.
5: it puts new meaning to the phrase same old faces yeah. scrap that i'm I'm all in for this
4: but yeah
0: it's uh as you probably guess uh there's going to be a lot of people against this and hopefully uh the premier league football clubs do not take it upon themselves to start introducing this and testing it and uh Companies like you know Super, Recognizers, and Blink, whoever they are, can uh, can do one. I'll just start producing Ian Derry latex masks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> can I would, have
3: a, Can
4: you do me a Nigel Spink chin? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I knew Aston Villa had facial recognition, I would be wearing a mask to every game. I'd wear my Keith Wynes bodysuit. suit. <laughs> <laughs> just right. the, just the tie. Point number two: as all the uh, election manifestos came out. Uh, each and every one of them mentioned something on standing or safe standing, as they uh, as they called it, and pretty much everybody, even the Tories, said uh, it was going to. They were all in favour of it. So it seems that the wheels are in motion. I mean, the government are currently doing a. Uh, let's say a research uh, project for want of a better term on uh, the state of standing and uh, once they uh, crunch the data things should be happening quick but to actually admit in a in a manifesto that therefore it is a is a strong indication that uh, the year 2020 should see a more a faster progress shall we say on that issue issue number three this is my favorite issue it's just downright bizarre it's just bizarre isn't it is is the j lloyd samuel story which i'm sure you'd have heard about i mean first of all there was a story about has he faked his death and then there was a story about well did he fake his his career <laughs> did he fake his career <laughs> but I mean uh, you gentlemen uh, you know have a better grasp on this situation than me so uh where do you start and what do you think of it
5: it is bizarre like Chris said, on the face of it, or well, just yeah. explain the basics. Uh, so the basics are that apparently his car burst into flames on well after he dropped his kids at school, and um, now one of his family members is claiming that he's still alive and that it's all uh, trying to be covered up, and that there was DNA that um, wasn't provided at the time
3: because the, yeah they wouldn't allow access, would they?
1: Yeah, they were
5: saying the body was too. Badly burned, so yeah, it's uh, it's a bizarre one. Very.
3: Yeah, his sister believes the death was a
4: f- was faked for an insurance scam. You know, his, his family were told the uh, coroners that they wanted to conduct the, like an independent DNA test on the remains. Um, is, there, is,
0: there, is there any resolution on this story then, or is it still? Open? I think this yeah. is going to be ongoing for a while. Yeah, it's going to run and run, I think. There's I mean, he
4: died in May
0: 2018, so it's already yeah. kind of been going
4: on in a reasonable amount of time.
0: Um, obviously, we've only just finally had some closure on uh, Dalian Atkinson's uh, death. Another Villa player with a, uh, well, let's say not a very straightforward uh, situation, uh, obviously a tragic uh, event uh, when it happened, and it just prolongs the agony. Before we crack on, just a quick shout out to the uh, My Old Man Said patrons. Uh, Thank you very much again for supporting the show and staying uh, as a patron uh, to support true independence. And we like to try to deliver something that's not just generic and, uh, you know, the same old same old in terms of fan content. Uh, Before we uh, go on, I just want to say a big thanks to the people who have uh, signed up this week. uh, Ryan Brewster, Alex Taylor, Sheldon Palmer as well. And uh, also apologies to uh, James Tozza. I think it's Tozza. Last week uh, when I uh, read your name out, my keyboard's dead. And so uh, it either doesn't produce eyes or it just randomly produces eyes. So there was uh, about three or four eyes at the end of your name. So a shout out to you. Thank you very much uh, for being a patron. Please do consider being a patron. You will get access to bonus shows, including the anti-preview and also access to various rewards and uh, heads up. Oh, also, one more thing. It's uh, Black Friday, as you will know, where obviously people try to sell the shit out of stuff, but it is coming up to Christmas, and uh, there are... Uh, go to the My oh Man Said shop page where I will keep you updated with codes to make sure you can get discounts off things like Villa merch, and also, Luke, I have a uh, quite a sexy code for you uh, now in play, so check that out. Right, new Castle. So the Newcastle game, it broke a barren spell. Although, were we expected to get points from Manchester City, Liverpool, and Wolves away? Maybe not. If we'd got one, we'd have been happy with that. We needed really to uh, get something from this Newcastle game, preferably a win, considering where we were in the table and also the fixtures that were coming up. I mean, going into this game, this was 12 league games without a win against the Toon Army, which uh, is a shocker, really. I'm when surprised
3: you... they didn't rename a stand after us. I mean, that would be actually <laughs> something for them to
0: celebrate. When you consider that Newcastle have also been up and down in the championship and we haven't beaten them in 12 league games. And I think the last time was uh, under Gerard Houllier with uh, a James Collins goal, uh, 1-0. And, uh, you know, this is a team that historically in recent years, we've, recent decades, we've always struggled against, uh, probably from Keegan, Kevin Keegan onwards. Uh, and this was only our ninth win in 23 games. Uh, although apparently Newcastle United, uh, I read this uh, earlier on today, they have a bit of a Monday night curse because their last 14 Monday night games, they've all been away from home.
3: I'd insist that they play at Brighton for all every single one of those.
0: <laughs> oh, Southampton the next! Oh shit! Oh, Bournemouth away on a Monday night. Oh fuck! So I think somebody's obviously on the wind up uh, with the Geordies there for sure. <laughs> Good going into this game. Uh, team selection finally. Jack Grealish was back after all these. Uh, were they poker faced, Dean Smith press conferences where he pretended he was coming back? Or? I think they were just cautious, weren't they?
5: It does seem a bit of a. But he wasn't
0: cautious because he was quite quite effervescent about Grealish being back and looked likely to play. Just seems a
5: bit of a recurring theme, doesn't it? Whenever he gets injured, they seem very reluctant to um,
3: give us the full details on the injury. I don't know if that's through fear of. Uh, it's always a sign that it's worse than it is. Grealish yeah. <laughs> doesn't get one of these. He doesn't just get the flu, does he? It's always no. oh, no. just got a little knock, and it's a month.
5: Yeah, you always feel as if you're not quite getting the full story when yeah. he gets injured.
0: Yeah, I always remember Ashley Young would go down. He'd look like he'd... It was like, oh, shit, he's out for six months. But he'd always get up. Yes, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. You, 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 and then after watching him a few times, you thought, well...
3: He'd be doing he, that Tyson Fury, wouldn't he? You, <laughs> think, oh, he's, you can't he's, injure him. <laughs> that's, uh,
0: resurrection. But Grealish is like, when he's out, it's like, oh, yeah, he's out for a couple of games, but actually he stays out for, you know, months and months and months. But uh, luckily this time he was back. Also, Heaton was back uh, after... The last show where we were kind of building out of sandbags our bomb shelter with the prospect of uh, Orian Niland playing being in for a few weeks. So, luckily, we've dodged that bullet. So. Hello to
3: all of the people who responded positively to uh, me posting Nieland, uh conceding the goal against Malta as well. Which, uh,
0: <laughs> uh, ah, <with> the oops,
3: <laughs> uh, all I said was whoops, and uh, thank you for your uh, virtue signaling angry <laughs> replies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I used to get that where you would just say ups or something was not actually making an opinion on something. And that could be any player where it, the ball goes through their legs. You know, you're just saying ups. It's like a. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I, a, I won't reveal that the, um, one of the Villa Underground sent me the video. I wasn't. I was being accused of watching obscure Norwegian football, obviously, having hadn't physically been out to that godforsaken part of the world. Sorry, Chris, <laughs> the previous week. Um yeah so that was an interesting evening a special shout out to uh, Sean Teal for sharing his views on my uh, <laughs> on that as well. Well what did he say? Um uh, something about not poor goalkeeping just poor tweeting. <laughs> 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 I mean that's the Twitter default setting,
4: isn't it? If you don't like something, just
3: drop the nonce in there.
6: Well, you know,
4: you know what I what I liked
3: what I like to say is that um, you know he's, he's such a fantastic goalkeeper who we trust after his opportunity to get into the team that he was immediately dropped when Heaton on on one leg, <laughs> one leg crawled onto the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's, let's. I love him. I love I love all all Orian I love Norway. I love you too, Sean. Too.
0: Let's move on. The only other, probably eye, well, they weren't eye openers. They were more like, uh, thank gods. And uh, the only other decision was Mr. Nakamba was on the bench. Uh, first of all, Horahan was uh, promoted, and uh, obviously uh, Douglas Louise was chosen over Nakamba. I can see. I mean, as as you know, Dean Smith explained it, which is not exactly rocket science. He expected to have more of the ball against the Steve Bruce team, so it makes perfect logic to have Horahan on the pitch. Uh, were you surprised that uh, it wasn't? Uh, alongside Nakamba, and it was Louise that played. No?
5: Nah, not really.
3: I mean, I heard rumours that that Nakamba just got stuck in the queues for Dignitas Dining Club outside, (laughs) so... uh... (laughs) You stood next to me waiting for a waffle. <laughs> a waffle. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I love you too, Digbeth Dining Club. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah, There's a, it was a reflection of how popular you are. That's what, that's what we'll
0: <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Digbeth Dining Club, which I always promote and when I have friends from out of town. I, I always, well, out of the country, never mind. It's a great town, place. It's a cool place. I always take them to the Digbeth Dining Club because it stands up to anything uh, on offer around the world. But uh, what, what was your experience? You took a waffle there didn't
5: you yeah we had a waffle it was uh my son who had it actually and oh, really? uh yeah we had a bit of an incident we'll say no more oh, but um oh. no it took a while <laughs> didn't oh, didn't matt God. target have one as well yeah matt target yeah.
0: definitely did um <laughs> 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 so yeah matt target had a waffle before the game yeah definitely. Ben's, ben's son did as well
5: yeah so um no i think it's really it's a really good idea but yeah, I think it just doesn't 20, 000 lend people. itself to that many people. So deciding, people I mean. went for it though, yeah, big time. Yeah, didn't big they?
4: time, yeah. yeah. I mean, you couldn't get near the, uh, was it Buddha Belly, wasn't it? The queue was ridiculous.
3: Yeah. I think a little bit about the situation where they'd actually placed it in that narrow gap where the Trinity edges round so with the North Stand. And what I don't get is that they've closed the whole of the Trinity Road off, all that space along there, that no one thought to line them up along that. They could have had an absolute free for all.
4: Yeah, you but could I line think that, it all and just back it onto Aston Park. Mm. But yeah, that's kind of, of a road of that
0: you've got to open up and uh, rather swiftly. So you can't just kind of you've got to take. Oh, the fill it, fill it right. with food yeah. and hot dogs. Yeah, one thing I'd noticed actually coming back to the uh,
4: Holton from there, where I sit, was I know people had mentioned it. I think it was after the Liverpool game. So many turnstiles were shut yeah, under yeah, the yeah. Trinity Road. The mm. queues to get into the ground. I was like, what the hell is going
5: on? Yeah. yeah. That, that has been ever since the cabbage got thrown at Bruce. They've put a new, because I'll sit in the Trinity, they've put a new barrier to get stri- um, searched down before you go in the game. A so r- r- vegetable oh, search yeah. <laughs> vegetable amnesty. Yeah. No carrots, What's no that? potatoes. Um, vegetable, but yeah. vegetable amnesty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his Can you take jeans. my avocado, please? Yeah. <laughs> That's the priority queue. If you've got no vegetables, you get straight in. <laughs> right.
0: Anyway, let's let's get on to the game. Uh- Early stages, it was looking like we were we were rocking and rolling quite early on. I mean, yeah. Target was getting into some good positions, uh, and quickly we realised this was no Kevin Keegan's Newcastle because uh, they weren't offering anything. And what did uh, do, what
4: did Bruce call it? Passive. That's a very polite way of putting. Yeah, part of the but, bus, I mean their
0: forward line—it's all 80s hairdos and bandanas—and uh, there's you know, it's pretty. It was shambolic at times.
3: I I think that genuine, and this has got nothing to do with my my pure loathing for Steve Bruce. To drink Conian, insipid, horrid style of football. Newcastle were absolutely dreadful. They they lacked any well, yeah. absolutely dreadful, and they 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 couldn't do anything across the park. And the three guys they've managed to assemble at the front top of that top end of the pitch, expensively, is is well. When you go, when you look at the bench, and you go, I know who I'll bring on. I'll bring an absolute cart horse on in, in the form of <laughs> Andy Carroll and Pete. And the Newcastle fans are clapping their hands. Bring him on. Bring All on right, boy, Andy. <laughs> bring on the heap of steaming shit. <laughs> You know, that's when I thought yeah, the game is won. It's one of them that when
5: it was, it was a reminder of like a thing that you forget of when Bruce was our manager. That shit, we're losing two nil. What shall I do? I know, I'll put another striker on and take a defender off.
3: Yeah. Let's get as many strikers on as we can because that'll work. It was just, it's it just so ugly. dated. It was so predictable. It was well, it was, it was classic Bruce. You couldn't actually, they had no game plan. You couldn't see what no. they were trying to do. And, and don't want to say that Villa. Against a better team, Villa, I think, would have had a much, much sterner test. And I don't think we can really use the Newcastle game as too, too much of a measure. But we, we did a professional job without him to break a sweat, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I mean, straight away, uh, Grealish was uh, carrying the ball well and running the show. Nice dummy. superb. Nice dummy for, uh, I think it was after just after 10 minutes when uh, Target put a great ball in. I think Al if he gambles yeah, a bit more, he, he would have got yeah. on the end of that one. I mean, Al Ghazi, as, as you saw when he scored, he, I think he's paranoid about being offside. Yeah, so Yeah, they well, are again. That's probably why he uh, he hung on on uh, and, and that first chance he had. Also, there was a Douglas Louise Ripper. Douglas Louise Ripper's got an egg to- <laughs> a name to ring to it, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> From another uh, Grealish layoff, so straight away he's Grealish uh, pulling the strings. This is before we even scored. Yeah, think about Douglas Louise now. As the every time he's hovering outside the uh, 18-yard box and the ball comes to him, the halt then goes shoot. shoot. It's like now, the hammer isn't it Is this helping him in any way? Because when he scored those two goals, there wasn't that build-up. Now it's like he's. he's like, and, and I think as well, when you see, because he did, he did get dispossessed a couple of
3: times by dallying on the ball. He's and, quite casual. Yeah. Well, it's yes. as, it's as though he's playing in flip-flops, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. that he's that casual. Um, I know, but I do think that he, given a couple of seconds thought, so a couple of his more spectacular goals, he's had a couple of seconds to think, and he's and got a know, hell of
0: a shot on him Unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh,
4: I mean, the keeper made a great save from him, didn't he In fact, if I anything, think, he was their best player all night. Yeah, which speaks for itself. It does yeah. surprised
0: I mean, on on the first goal, I mean, obviously, Grealish drew the fouls for both of those free kicks that led to the goals. Uh, when those four, there was a haggle. Huddle, huddle, hurdle, hurdle. Of four Villa players around the ball, you had Louise, El Ghazi, Hurahan and Grealish. I thought that it was set up for a right footer, mm. and that's yeah, what obviously yeah. the goalkeeper thought. And I thought, oh, well, Louise might have a pop mm. at this. Although, does Louise prefer the ball to be, uh, in, you know, rolling when he uh, when he hits it? And then obviously, uh, Grealish seemed to be uh, pulling the strings there, waved the other two away, and uh, it, you know, it was a beautiful free kick. Sim- simplicity, really. Yeah, just a little shift took the wall out of it and whipped it round.
4: It
5: was kind of, having seen Horahan do it numerous times before, it was almost inevitable. It was like a carbon copy of the goal he scored against Blackburn last season, wasn't it? To equalise, it was absolutely Oh, how far we've travelled since (laughs) (laughs) then.
0: Goodness. The second goal, obviously, a peach of a delivery. El Ghazi on the sixpence. Point blank range paranoia kicked in for El Ghazi. He, uh, I think he had VAR and he, he had like a mental VAR before he celebrated. But that's the situation it's it's caused. It not that's what the impact of VAR is? A player can't score a goal and it just ruins the moment. Jump into I, the crowd. It looked as if all the players around him were
5: asking, "Are you on side?" Yeah, yeah. he said, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that like you say, that is the. Epitome now of the problem that we've got. It's you've got players who don't feel they can celebrate
0: through. Yeah, there'll, fear be, that it's there'll going be no. Be ruled out. There'll be no Libor Kozak jumping into the Holtend anymore, will there? There'll be no more Alan Hutton moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A year to the day, of course. I've read a stat that we've had the most free-kick goals since the start of uh, last season. I don't know where that kick came from. So obviously Horahan uh, is, uh, has been on the end of a lot of them. Uh, wh- what do you think about Horahan and how he fits into this team going forward? Th- think about specifically December, because we have eight games now.
1: Uh, well, a
3: couple of things I'd say about him is that I wrote on my site that I thought that maybe we're seeing that there could be a little bit more in his development curve that we might not have expected. I, I always thought that he was a really, really good championship player. Obviously he's got the, the set piece in his bag. He's played up the divisions. Um the the newish bit I suppose is that he's now in the Irish setup, you're playing international football. Um it, it's a top standard and the 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 difference here is that we recruited quite well in the centre midfield. He has to play well, he has to play consistently well. Yeah. And I, I thought he was uh, he was superb against Newcastle. To be honest, my criticism of him for certain games, and this is where like your Nakambas and your Luises will, will rotate. I think is that um, that's the natural thing for the Premier League. There will be games
0: where who, won't be suited. Um, but what, so, what are those games? Do you think he's more of a, a home? I mean, it was logic- You know, we predicted at the start of the season that Nakamba and Louise would play yeah. against Manchester City and Liverpool, etc. And then Horahan potentially yeah. come in for the home games. I mean, Ben, do you think that's the logic? Yeah, I think um,
5: for me, like seeing him on Monday, I don't know if you guys think the same. He looks to me as if he's like bulked up a bit. He looks stronger to me. I don't know if he's seen that as a weakness potentially to compete a bit more. But I think the the facts of the matter are we we are spoilt for riches in terms of midfield quality. Um at the moment, you know, we we've got options in there, probably the best options we've got throughout the whole team. So we can pick and choose and Dean Smith's in the enviable position of, if someone has a good game, someone's got to wear the shirt off
3: them. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's That's That's
5: the first time, a long time.
4: I think Horahan is, we've all said it on the show for the last two years, three years maybe. If we've got the ball, he's an asset. It's when you're, you know, 40% and less of possession and it's like, is he that sort of nasty physical player who can break a team down and spoil a a game and then can he get you up the field? Newcastle really, without knocking him at all, it, it was a game that really suited him. Newcastle made the likes of Grealish and Horehan look good. They played very well, but Newcastle were god awful. I mean, you look at someone like Shelby in the middle of the park.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Even, it, I can't even it, remember him playing.
4: Dreadful. It's, there are certain games that suit Horehan for his set piece delivery alone. You will always have him. I think at Villa Park, I would start him nine times out of ten. Away from home, I think you're probably going to have to be a little bit more flexible. Well, that's where you, you
3: you anchor one of two of uh, yeah. either Nakamba and Easton, uh, you and. Yeah. The East I think Hurahan's starting to prove now, whereas you maybe looked at... Maybe it is a, it depends on the game again. You're looking at you at the certain opposition, but you're looking at the bench where you're thinking it's it's what Ben was just saying about options. And for the foot, you know, Smith's been very clear saying that across the whole team now we've got a second option. That definitely wasn't the case last season. I think the question mark's been around a number of the players in the squad this season is, are are those second options Premier League standard? Some players will step up, and I think our hope would be that Hurahan could be one of those players that can. And uh, yeah, I hope, as I said at the beginning in my first point, really, that I... I hope there's that final development curve in him where he goes from being in four or five years a League 2 player up to a Premier League international footballer. Yeah, I think we can like interchange our midfielders out pretty much
5: bar Grealish, I'd yeah. say. McGinn, he's not quite hit the form, but you know, I think he's another one that he, if he's fit, he starts. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that other position is up for grabs from three or four players. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of Grealish, I mean, we'll, we'll uh, talk about him in depth, probably a, in a standalone podcast, but uh, big difference when he came along, hugely, in terms of you know, the, the, the control word that we've all used
4: at various points in this season, he and the Newcastle game. Was just perfect for a player like Grealish, where you know you're going to have a lot of the ball. They're going to be passive. They're not going to press you. Yeah. He could he could play and run the game in the final third. You know, he didn't have to take the ball off the back four all the time. Then when he got in the final third, he actually had options. Mm. I think not having the two wide men and actually Grealish being sort of advanced, it balanced in the midfield because Louise could sit, Horahan could actually play a little bit further up the field, and I I think Hurrahan yeah. is better in the final third than as a holder. Yeah. I Look. think if you get Horahan in the final third, he's going to make things happen. Him and Grealish combine really well. They've both got a through ball. I think Horahan's confident in front of goal. You get him out wide, he's going to deliver the ball. In terms of our left-hand side, he's the best deliverer of a ball from that side compared to Al and Trezeguet. He's
3: got a finish in him as well. And he's got a yeah. finish.
4: And, you know, The, the other chances, you know, he made the chance for Wesley, which was a really well-constructed piece of play. It would have been a great goal. It's a shame for Wesley you know, he didn't take it. He should have taken it. It's a but. shame for
3: him that he didn't score, is that what you is, is that what you're saying. It's a shame for him he didn't score
0: from six yards.
4: Yeah. yeah. Just to be clear.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Konza had a free header as well, but, you know, that was straight at the
4: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
2: We had we had chances to.
4: We win could have three destroyed that game. Yeah. I and, mean, yeah. two 0 with all due respect to the Geordie's completely flatter than the. But is
0: yeah. this is this a concern? I mean, uh, you read reviews of this game, and the thing that a lot of people are bringing up is uh, both filler goals were from set pieces, and we've spoken about being more clinical in open play. And we, you know, we controlled this. Finally, we have like controlled possession in the game, but are we missing a trick there because we haven't got a natural finisher? up top I think we'll be definitely getting one in
5: January like we've said before there's no no doubt that we need someone to take the burden off Wesley because he's not quite working for him at the moment but in terms of like the other parts of our play and not taking chances I think it's one of them would you would you rather us have won 3-1 or 4-1 or the 2-0 that we got and kept the clean sheet? I mean, we haven't been doing that very often. Exactly. Yeah. Our goal difference at the moment, we're not in a position, I don't think, where we need to go and smash teams because our goal difference yeah. is miles better than the teams below us.
0: We've got more clean sheets than Liverpool. Yep. They've only got two, which uh, is quite interesting from that point of view. Uh, what do you think of Conza apart from his crazy karate kick Attempt at an own goal, yeah. <laughs> assured. Assured, yeah. I
4: think. I mean, he, let's be brutally honest. He wasn't tested, was he? I mean, yeah. uh, was it Jolington? the lad up front for them, was as bad a centre forward as you're going to see in the Championship, let alone in the Premier League. The fact that he's was it forty million, double I think, Wesley. I think, I, think, yeah. I think their front three apparently was worth about a hundred million. Which Amazing. you just, if you're one of their fans, you think this is. We're well, in trouble here,
3: especially when they, you know, they basically heaved a manager in Benitez because they wouldn't give him any money, and and yeah. then you see what they did choose to spend their money on pre-season without him. It's um, crazy. You isn't you it? you really are scratching your head, and uh, just to say a, a line on Konza, that the other end of the spectrum he's cost us next to nothing. No one had heard uh, of m-
0: eleven million. Well,
3: that's nothing. That's that's peanuts in the modern game, David. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's
0: that's two sorry, two sorry, Wesleys. Sorry to break your flow. Thinking, oh, no, <laughs> Well, no, That's but,
4: what. That's uh four and a half john McGinn's
3: oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's there's some strange scottish exchange rate that no one really understands there <laughs> that's more friends for me um, <laughs> um yeah no but he, he looks um you know this was, this was a club where we were high-fiving each other at the prospect of tommy Alphick coming back so we had ron recognised centre half <laughs> less than a year ago and now we've got you know any combination we're actually cons ahead of House, uh yeah. Horse and Chester. Uh, yeah. Hors and uh, Chester. I mean, concert concert looks assured, and I think he's
5: one now that in the past, if we'd have got an injury at centre half, you'd be thinking with playing Engels and Mings like we have done, you'd be thinking all oh day might be struggling. But now I'd be pretty confident if he had to play any you know length of games. If if anything did happen to to Mings yeah. or Engels. Yeah. Yeah. I like
4: the balance we have at centre half. You know, if Mings is out. When he will inevitably get a suspension. You've got Courtney Hawes, natural left footer, he's the natural replacement. Yeah. Very similar type of player. You've got Konza, who's physical, but he's good on the ball as well. Engels, tall, and you think he's going to be gangly. He's good
0: on the ball. How, how do you yeah. think Ming's played? Well, Not one of his better games. He was very, I mean, he, very lax. I mean, if you look at the grumbles from that game, I think you're looking at uh, Louise. Sometimes a bit casual. Uh, We've seen that in every game he's played. Uh, But that, it also, it's a bit like watching John McCoon at times. (laughs) Hang on a minute. Wow. (laughs) Hang on a minute. David's wearing one of his jumpers. (laughs) I am actually wearing a jumper, but it's it's not as exciting as uh, Jean McCoon's jumpers. And also Carlos Sanchez, where there is that. How the fuck did they get a contract about?
3: That?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, there's the composure. There's a slow it down, but dangerously uh, slow it. Lazy, times. idle, <laughs> la- feckless.
4: Our big thing, and it was the first it's like the not first, being used yeah. to the Premier League. The first ten like minutes, of yeah. the second half kind of summed up the one thing that was, and it's been our downfall really throughout the season. It was this stupid decisions at stupid times in stupid positions. Yeah. Like don't fuck about with the ball on the edge of your penalty area, which. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're gonna be, that's what that's one of the things I actually liked about Conza. Whereas if he knew there wasn't an option on, and he was in a bit of trouble, he just thought bollocks to this. This is going in the stand, kicking kicking this into Digbeth
2: Diner.
0: But, yeah. But going, but, <laughs> but going back to Mings, uh, the main error was I think it was on the halfway line, early doors. It was like a routine pass. I think he was passing out right left out of throwing, didn't he? And uh I think he gave it gave it to the opposition or something. And, and sometimes he, he switches off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was,
5: I think he was a bit in the one you were talking about there. He was he was a little bit slow to come out to Joel Linton, I think it was. Yeah. He underhit a pass and you know in the end I think Douglas Louise got back and sort of Smothered any danger, but yeah, the one in the, the start of the second half when John Joe Shelby like smashed into him, mm. and like you say, it's just you know Newcastle are going to come out. Just don't yeah. do anything stupid. Yeah, don't be yeah. But it seems a bit of a common theme that, like Chris said, we are sort of shooting ourselves in the foot.
0: And you know, the con's slice kick as well. Was another like, what are you? Yeah. Doing? yeah, what are you doing? And it's Just yeah. unnecessary. Let's not shoot ourselves. And yeah, no, this, foot this here wasn't all like the, the Liverpool time. game where you're playing against the, yeah, the elite pressure. players who
4: are going to pressure you. This is you know if you. Take the sting out of them for five or ten minutes, you know full well they're going to have to open up. But as soon as they did, Greeley was just rubbing his hands with glee. He's like, This, we, you know, we could score any amount here if we were clinical.
0: I don't want to uh, have people screaming negativity, but we're just on a path to excellence here. And I think McGinn, some of his passing in the final thirds, it's a little bit off here and there. There was moments where uh, I think it was just before half time as well, uh, where we potentially could have had a gone in three nil up. And he he had more of a blue collar game where he you know he wasn't take making any like Hollywood passes or anything. He was just kind of there. He wasn't doing anything outstanding.
4: I think um, Newcastle would have been pretty well briefed from Bruce in yeah. terms of well you know what Grealish is going to give you, but you need to keep an eye on McGinn. Yeah, In terms of what he can
0: bring as well. He did seem to be a bit shackled, didn't
4: he? Yeah, and I think the way we were playing, because he was out on the right, I think he was just, Newcastle knew very well, they had to kind of box him off and almost put two men on him, which which if anything played into Grealish's hands and yeah. definitely to hands. I think it links yeah. a
3: bit into what we were saying earlier on about how, how we can be, we were not, we didn't score those goals in open play where we got into great positions in the final third and that's, we've got a bit of overplaying about us and we've seen this all season. Yeah. We saw it in a couple of the games where we were down to, the opposition were down to 10 men. And instead of just doing the simple things right, there was a couple of interchanges, I think, where either in between Grealish and uh, McGinn and Horahan, that you just think someone's either got to take the shot or play, make the telling pass. And there was a lot of toing and throwing on the edge of the, of, of the Newcastle box a couple of times when you thought, well. But they were camps. camps oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that's what it is that, that they were, you know, perhaps players like McGinn because he, he likes to sort of break off. I think sometimes on the edge of the box and almost played like a yeah. like a loft shot, if you like, yeah. a, in terms of golf into the you know, into the far post. And he, he didn't have the freedom or the time to do that. Yeah. I think
5: the other thing with him as well is that it's off the back of international break, and he he pretty much is that Scotland team now. <laughs> so kind of carries him. He, yeah, sure. so he's probably had a, a pretty tough week compared to some other players. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm willing to let him off a quiet the, the, game. The,
4: um the strange thing on sort of you know, seventy minutes where I wouldn't say he was blowing, but he was clearly not at his best and by this point Newcastle weren't gonna win the game and you've got sort of you know, you've got Lansbury yeah. who is We were very itching, late with you know, the sub again ready we? and yeah. raring to go. And you think yeah. this if you're gonna give someone like a Lansbury twenty minutes, this is the perfect time to do it where he's yeah. gonna get a lot of the ball and time and space to use it. That was a little bit baffling to me.
0: Uh, I mean, just to... Uh, let's just uh, draw a line under this Newcastle game. I mean, just to uh, flip it a little bit, a good Hollywood save from Heaton. It was two great saves, actually, yeah. wasn't it? it? was the second half. It was one. kind one of straight at him, uh, but he made sure it was good Hollywood. So. Yeah, I think actually <laughs> Heaton had a really... Everything he had to do, he did really well. I thought his distribution was spot on, and it, oh, it's good to see him back. And I thought I, I quite enjoyed watching uh, Frederick Gilbert because he was up for the fight. He's oh, he like quite him. tenacious. That was kind of like the battle of the night, yeah. wasn't it? He wasn't
4: very competitive on the rest of the field, but that one is it against Maxim, I forget his, his last yeah, name. Yeah, because he always. He's I mean, quick, I was watching Newcastle
0: before. He's very quick, and he's always down that left flank. And he's Gilbert very much hit, and, hit and run, isn't it? Yeah, and Gilbert was in a real battle there, and, and I thought he did. He's quite happy well. to put his foot in, but he's a yeah. he's a classy footballer as well. I do yeah. like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and there was that moment where he did one of his bullet runs down the right, and and no fucker passed no, yeah, to yeah, him, yeah. and he was like, uh, he was like yeah. screaming out. It was very, and it, that's happened a couple of times in previous games. Just unleash the Gilbert, for God's sake. I like him.
4: Yeah, I do. I really like him, and I think he's got another gear yeah, that he yeah, will. Yeah. There's a few players who are in that bracket. Who they've, you can clearly see like him and Louise, yeah. clearly Wesley. Other guys, I think they've all got. You can see why he was gear, picked yeah. up and see what he's
0: playing. And the, you know up. these are young players I mean you know, Wesley's 21 a lot of these players are really young Yeah. and yeah. I I thought they're develop, all, yeah. development players. I
4: actually thought Wesley was vastly improved against Newcastle because if anything the team actually played to his strengths he doesn't want it lumped up to him you put it into his yeah, feet yeah. and he will hold it
5: up. Yeah. That was the one thing I was going to say hold up play definitely improved. Yeah. There was still at the start of the second half that annoyed me more than anything was that both. I think it was from Connor, down the line, he's got two defenders on him. He miscontrolled it, went away, yeah. and he's straight away, no attempt to try and win it back. It's arms out, referee, give me a free yeah, kick. And it yeah, never, yeah. ever was. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to really cut that out. But overall, I think if I was rating him six 6 out of 10...
3: Yeah, I, on Monday. I, um, but he, 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 for me, I think he's got more to give. The, the thing that I think is, is going to be really hard for him in a division where you won't get many chances, uh, he, he had one big chance in the second half. But I think that's hard on him because, in a, in you know, take, wind it back six, nine months with an Abraham, it probably took Abraham three or four chances sometimes to get a goal. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sometimes that was a penalty. And, and with Wesley, like, you can see you can see what he's got. And I think that, that the, the game against Newcastle, there was, there was good movement. He was involved. That was what I was going to say. He was—he was far more involved than he had been on, on some of the games where you think were isolated. Yeah. we now need to see that consistently but I do think that's a combination of things him having better service and more opportunities but actually the fact that I do think we need a second supporting player
0: probably yeah, another striker um, but Grealish getting up there getting further up and playing more as a, you know one of the attacking three will, will certainly help him hopefully in the next few games uh, moving on uh, I mean when, you, when we're talking about Wesley you know, really uh, big question is why did we let go of uh, Scott Hogan and uh, it's time for the Scott Hogan touch count challenge this is something that that, uh, when Ben was ten years old, he, he was hoping one day when he was grow up, he would yeah. <laughs> he off would the bucket be, list. He would get to play this game. Dan Rogers, supreme champion, you going s- down. Dan slowly takes a, a. Yeah, he was he was giving it the big one on the yeah. last show. I listened to the last show. Ben
3: <laughs> almost crashed my car when I heard your. Uh... <laughs>
0: so if you haven't heard of this scott hogan touch count challenge before where have you been where have you been it's unique to the show and if anybody ever steals it we will go around their house and burn it to the ground <laughs> uh, <laughs> and do other things but uh essentially it's first one to well it used to be the best of three but now there's a it's a three-way it's the first to two We've actually got some prizes for people in the studio, thanks to uh, Top Trumps. They didn't actually give them for the podcast. They just gave them to me in the hope that they would get some publicity. Objective achieved. (laughs) Objective (laughs) achieved, because I'm a kind soul. Instead of... Gifting them to uh, family or something. I'm going to give them to these guys for turning up tonight. So there's uh, some Top Trumps. There's a f- World Football Stars game, and uh, there's like some Top Trumps quiz or something. All in shiny gold boxes. It's Very cool. So That's awesome. my uh,
5: works secret Santa present sorted. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't
4: won yet, Ben.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: I was going to wrap it up for Chris Bud. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate.
0: The winner can choose first prize, and then so, then the playoff. Second can choose the next one out. i was just thinking, you guys probably just want to look at what we left after I picked. <laughs> what, what, this is what you could have won, right? Well, well, let's let's make sure everybody gets something. So uh, whoever wins gets first pick, and you know, going down. So the uh, name Make of Make sure everybody
4: gets something. What's this
0: junior school? Right, so the rules of the game are it's used to be the best of 3 if there were two players but we'll just say the first to win two two games. You have two guesses uh, to get the number of amount of touches uh, whatever the question is uh, so it'll be uh, either Scott Hogan or another player from another game. Uh, if nobody's got it after two guesses each, then it goes to a third and final round. And if nobody's really in the ballpark, then I will give a clue. You'll get the gist of it as we go along. And Chris is looking for... Chris is looking at Google, opt- I think. Optostats. Yeah,
3: interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to have to
0: put a mirror on. is Isn't that what Dan normally does, though? <laughs> well, there is that. You
3: could learn to dislike Chris, bud.
0: Right, so... We start with Scott Hogan normally. He didn't play... Uh, of course in, he didn't. <laughs> in the weekend's game, he was nowhere to be seen as Stoke managed a rare win when they beat Wigan 2-1. There was no sign of Scott Hogan and they won. Well, it's, Correlation. I mean, there you uh, go. You do the maths. They then played Tuesday night where they played the mighty Leandro Bacuna's Cardiff City, away. Yes. Dan Rogers looks very concerned about this for some reason.
3: Uh, well, you know, I, as I follow Leandro Bacuna's movements very closely, there's a... <laughs> Championship.
0: I didn't even even know he was at Cardiff, but he scored the winner in the 1 0 win. He scored after 11 minutes. Oh, good. So the question is for the first round, Dan Rogers gets to choose if he wants to go first or second or third. How many touches in 90 minutes he played the whole game did Leandro Bacuna get for Cardiff? 75. 75 from. Dan Rodgers. Uh, who's going second? Let's go Ben, beginners. I'll go 76. 76. 69. 69. Right, second round, Dan Rogers, 82. Um,
5: 55.
0: 55 from Ben. Chris. 64. For, uh, just to give you a bit of context, he plays now uh, as a, as a deep-sitting midfielder on the right-hand side. I don't know who the Cardiff manager is now, but uh, good luck with that one. Neil Harris.
3: <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> Right uh, I'm
0: going to give you a clue For this one Nobody is I thought we only got two guesses No you get a third a Third round Nobody is within 20 Jesus, Jesus Christ <laughs> Either we had a great game Or a shocker <laughs> He's not a great player 32 32 from the Rodgers 44 4 Ben And it's up to Chris Bird. 49 9 from the birds. Ben wins it oh. Come on <laughs> 42 Two off. He played for 90 minutes and had 42 (laughs) touches. Yeah, and uh, he's playing deep sitting midfielder and you'd think they're going up 1-0 early on. State would be at it. Pissing around on his hoverboard.
3: I was going to say, maybe he was on his hoverboard, so you can't really... Can't we touch the ball on your hoverboard?
0: So Ben goes into the lead and gets to choose who goes first on this one if he wants to take that mantle. And uh, because Stoke lost, obviously uh, Scott Hogan was involved because he came on as a substitute. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) For the last nine minutes. So... uh, I think this this round's not going to last very long. Oh, God. So, how many touches does Scott Hogan have in nine minutes? And it's up to Ben if he wants to start. I'll go first. (laughs) I'm so tempted to say zero. Um, It's an option. I will go four. Oh, he's got it. He wins the game. (laughs) Four touches. Wow. This is what I came for. Oh. Walks in. What an unbelievable performance. What a. like a knockout first round knockout which one do you want to take I'll have the uh, world football stars box please the big one thank you check this out you can't see it because it's audio it's a massive box it's gold he's a winner it's gold
3: fantastic (laughs) Dan Rogers can't believe it I can't believe it four years of sitting in my own home built igloo (laughs) we finally get a studio and I've been (laughs) ousted (laughs) I fly to Norway freeze my tits off for this football club
0: (laughs) You boys took a hell of a beating. <laughs> <haven't we? laughs> you got that right, uh, there's still, uh we'll, we'll just go sudden death on this one. The playoff, uh, what is it? The third and fourth playoff? Wait, it's the second and third playoff. We're all losers here now. <laughs> Apart from me. <laughs> right. Next opposition, Manchester United. All right. Two and Zabie came on for them as they uh, had a crazy game against Sheffield United. Okay. Came on for six minutes. How many touches did he have? And I'll let the former champion, Dan Rogers, choose if he wants to go first or not. I'll go first. Eight. Chris Bud. Seven. Seven. Goes to a second round. Eleven. From Dan KG. Ben's not interested. But <laughs> he's got uh... better things to do. <laughs> Ben's got the press here. There's... Yeah, I'm relaxing. Uh, 10. 10 from the bird. It goes into a third and final round. No clues, really. Just, he played six minutes. That's 14. Dan Rogers goes higher. 14. Six? Six, he says. Well, it's a tie because it was nine. Chris Bird had eight. Dan had 10. So So we've got got to share the prize. Right in the middle. Share (laughs) top trumps. No, no, no. We we carry on. Till the death. Do you want to go big number or small number? Chris Bird doesn't even know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Like a substitute that came on or like player that played 90 minutes? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll give you a choice. 90 minutes. Fred, who played the whole 90 minutes for Manchester United, or Callum Robinson, who came on... Keep a Villa context. Let's yeah, do we'll Robinson. go with Callum. ...who came on for the last eight minutes. Oh, yeah. Callum Robinson came on the last eight minutes as Sheffield United drew 3-3 with Manchester United. Dan Rogers. Seven. Uh, seven. First guess. Five. Bingo. Oh, this Chris is a range. Back in the game,
3: Christopher, come get me. Doesn't feel
4: like a win, though, Dan.
0: No, it just doesn't no, feel like a, a win. It was a sudden death, wasn't it? You choose, uh, Chris Bird. It's one of these Do golden you know what? It's nearly nuggets. Christmas,
4: so I'm going to say, Dan, give it to your, uh, give it to your son. Oh, bit, bit weird, Chris. That, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I right, can stick the knife in when I win if you
3: want. <laughs> Well, there's two prizes there. Right, fuck uh, it. I'm going to ruin Christmas for you now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell him, my son. Chris Bud stole Christmas. There's Top
0: Trump's in a a gold box, or there's uh, Football Top Trump's quiz in a gold box. I'll have the
3: quiz. There you go. You'll need those. need to learn the answers to those, Chris.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's your... uh, Thank you very much indeed. 500 questions. You're the only one who's got the real, legit Top Trumps. Uh, Anyway, that's enough plugging of Top Trumps. There's nothing in it for me. (laughs) Uh, I just got a box full of Top Trumps, which I've uh, just given out to uh, the old jolly Scott Hogan Touch Count Challenge. Can we slag off Man United now? We could talk about Manchester United, but uh, we're actually going to do a separate show... uh, we're going to do an anti-preview that we're going to put out to uh, the mass public to get a sample of what we do on the anti-preview, which is normally only available to my own and said patrons. Uh, so we'll talk about that, uh, that game in that. Right, uh, one more thing before we go. Uh, last week we put a call on the Mad Few hotline into Norway. Uh, it's time to warm things up a little this time. Uh, let's give uh, the Dubai Lions a call. A nice little football feast from the Middle East. Oh, very good, very good. Right, let's speak to uh, Ryan from the Dubai Lions on the Mad Few hotline. Hello? Hello, is that Ryan from the Dubai Lions? Yeah, it is. Hey guys, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Hello. So, this is the My Old Man Said podcast. Hello there. How are we doing? How's it
6: going? Hi right, guys. Yeah, all good.
0: We we thought we would uh, put a call in since it's your fifth anniversary. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, the X Men films of like Patrick Stewart, where he goes into that room and puts that helmet on and he can connect with all the, uh, I was going to say mutants around the world, but uh, the, our equivalent is connecting to all the villains <laughs> around the world. It's the global mad view. That's it. Few. Don't take that as an insult. The mutants uh, reference. And I did earlier on in the uh, in the month, uh, early November. I think it was against Liverpool. You had your fifth anniversary. Uh, how did that go down?
6: Yeah, it was, it was a great time. Um, we 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 invited uh, the lovely Ian Taylor and uh, Mr. Sean Till, and uh, Sean Till's wife Carol came as well. They were a great crack. Um, it was good to have them have them on board and, and to celebrate what has been a, uh, a roller coaster of five years as, as Aston Villa fans and, and as a supporters club.
0: If you listen to this podcast, uh, and you listen to the Ron Atkinson, uh, interview, uh, he, he made a little reference to, uh, Sean Teal's, uh, wife. I interviewed Sean mm-hmm. Teal a few years ago and, uh, there was obviously a bit of beef between him and Ron. And then when I asked Ron about it, Ron said, uh, no, he, he was all right, old Teeley, He was all right with his wife. It was a bit of a pun <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> but I, but I, I hear that she was good fun uh, over in Dubai.
6: Yeah, they were. everyone was great fun. Um, and they, they really got stuck into the weekend. Um, we interviewed both of them as well on, on a stage uh, in a hotel in Dubai. And uh, yeah, there was a few things said about Big Ron. So I'll, um, I'll leave Sean to embellish on that if anyone meets it. <laughs> but um, <so> let's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say uh, he didn't hold back, and it was uh, it was an interesting interview. About uh, eighty or so Dubai Lions packed into a room to to listen to what the two chaps had to say, and uh, and a few a uh, few from from Carol Shaw's wife as well. So yeah, yeah we had a we had a, a good start to the weekend, and then it, it went on from there. We we pushed the boat out and and made the most of it.
0: So so what did did you do like the the Liverpool game, and then like the Q and As all in one day, and then did other stuff, or you know what what did you get up to over the weekend?
6: No, we we did a Friday, uh, a Friday interview, Friday morning or early or early afternoon interview with the two chaps, and then uh, went down to a, a brunch as you do in this region to yeah. to partake in a few beverages and uh, and, and enjoy the enjoy the evening, uh, and then watched the game the next day with the guys. Did a raffle and and uh, had the guys join us for, for the Liverpool game, which was unfortunately a you know a slow end to. Well, poor end to what
0: was a, a really fun weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, if we held out and won one nil, it would have been uh, a classic, classic weekend if it wasn't already. Who uh, who lasted the longest out of Tails and uh, Mr. Teal? In a drinking well, sense. Well, I was one of the last to leave on
6: the on on the Friday uh, after the brunch. I was one of the last to leave the pub. And, uh, yeah, I left Ian Taylor there. He was uh, still, still behind... Uh, Chatting to a last of the few locals.
0: Early, early hours job. Early hours job. Either. How did it all get started uh, in Dubai? Obviously, uh, you know, five years, I mean, five years ago, it's not as if uh, we're a we're, uh, easy sell as, as a club.
4: I'm sure you were happy to be over there, weren't you? you we're not over here watching it in person.
6: Yeah, it's kind of, it was easier to kind of hide from what was happening a little bit, but um, but the, the club was started up by by Mark Forrester. Um, he sat in a pub on his own. Actually, not on his own. There was a few other supporters clubs in, in the pub that he, he went to. Oh. actually got invited by the Baggies fans to come come and sit with them um, and then sat down in the corner of a pub and, and decided to try and flush out some more Villa fans. So uh, there was Rangers fans in there. There was West Brom fans, Crystal Palace fans. There was a few other, other, other supporters clubs there. So he thought he'd try and build on that. Um, in 2014 and managed to start flushing people out from Abu Dhabi, Bahrain, a few a few other places. So,
0: h- how do you go from 1 to 80? Have you converted anybody, uh, any of the locals into uh, Villa fans while you've been over there?
6: Not, not really locals. Uh, we've got a few drop-ins from the kind of local Emirati community but we actually have uh, Saudi Warsi who come regular big Villa fan. So, right. the al family, we have uh, Prince Abdulaziz al who's uh he won't mind me mentioning him. Yeah. Uh, he pops in. He's a big Aston Villa fan. He pops in on a regular basis and comes and watches games with us. Obviously, doesn't partake in some of the some of the rituals that sure. take part, but um, he, he does. Uh, he does sit with us and enjoy the games and gets well involved. He's, he's clearly very passionate and uh, and a top guy to boot.
0: Has, has he been over to Villa Park at all uh, recently?
6: Yeah, I think he does. I think he he visits on occasion. He's got businesses in in Birmingham that he um, that he, he runs, so uh, he's over there quite regularly. And uh, yeah, he's he's really part of the part of the Villa fan base from afar.
0: Good stuff. So, I mean, how are the guys out there seeing the season so far back in the Premier League? Are you still buoyant and uh, are you confident for the rest of the season?
6: Yeah, we are. I think you know, as a as a big lions, we started in 2014 when things probably weren't as uh, as rosy as they are now. So we've 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 uh, we've seen things take a step for the better, and and we're a pretty positive bunch, bunch in in that regard. So yeah, we've we've enjoyed the games, we enjoy enjoyed meeting up, even if it's a, a midnight kickoff here, which it was uh, against Newcastle. We get a good turnout, um, yeah. and we've enjoyed seeing the progress of the team, uh, you know, from afar. But we've enjoyed watching how they come on. So you know, a few results that were painful. The Arsenal one was a bit of a shocker, and we didn't enjoy that one too much. But in general, we, we're quite pleased with how the team's panning out. I saw a bit of a change during the Newcastle game, where we kind of controlled the game a yeah. bit better than we have done through the last uh, through the last few weeks. We took sort off the gas a little bit in terms of the pace and the speed in the first half, and I just thought we controlled the game a lot better. So I think the game management is improving, each player is improving, and yeah, we're pretty positive out here. We
0: we want to see uh, a few more improvements. What What do you think we need in January? Just in a, in a, like a nutshell.
6: I think it's pretty obvious we need a striker. I think you know Wesley. It's a bit of Marmite at the moment amongst the Villa fans and even amongst the Dubai Lions here. Um, I think we're 130, 130 registered full-time Dubai Lions now, largest overseas supporters club uh, outside the British Isles. And uh, it's probably you know, 50-50. You're on the, on the hard one, sell here. Yeah, you're,
0: and... <laughs> you're on the hard sell. I mean, I mean sell. keep, keep okay. talking. I'm quite
3: interested. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what are the terms of, me- of joining in? And considering Brexit, I may need to re- relocate <laughs> the Villa <laughs> <Underground>. <laughs> Oh, You're
6: more than more the merrier. You're more than welcome. Get yeah, yourself sort of registered. Get over here. It's, uh, it's coming to the hold.
3: I practically consider that a visa.
6: <laughs> we can get that sorted. No you got contact? D three,
4: year stint down. It's tax free.
6: Yeah, because we need a striker in, in the in the window. Um, I think that would really help us out. And uh, maybe another winger, just to add another option. Yeah. And I think uh, if we have that, we'll we'll be fine.
0: So, in terms of just the logistics of uh, watching games, when's a three o'clock Saturday game for you? What time is it locally?
6: Uh, at the moment, it's uh, it's a seven PM, which is a oh, good that's, time. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Games like the Newcastle game is a, a midnight kickoff, um, which is always a bit interesting on a school night. But, uh, but we get good turnouts even at those times.
0: Yeah, well, that's not too bad. I mean, I used to live in Australia for a couple of years, and that was a, a nightmare. You'd be like watching games at four in the morning, and Having beers at six in the morning and and stuff. He still like does that. that now, by the way. I mean,
6: yeah. <laughs> well, we do we do wake up a few a few workday mornings and think, oh, bollocks, you know, have done it again. You know, oh, uh, yeah, We've yeah. had a few drinks after the game, and uh, we're going to work. We still heads, particularly when Ron Atkinson came over. I remember um, at some at some point in the night drunkenly giving him my business card. He called me the next morning. Um, <laughs> and my head was not much-
4: Whoops! Was he trying to sign you? <laughs>
6: he, he was trying. He was trying to score some cheap hotels, but um, you know, he, he comes through the uh, through the switchboard, and uh, Maria from Guest just says, uh, oh, Ryan, right, I've got Mr. Ron on online, so I put him through, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so, so some some heavy mornings uh, in Dubai. That's for sure. How is
0: uh, the well English football uh, in general, or uh, the Premier League? Uh, is there a big following just because of the uh, expats out there?
6: Yeah, there is. There's a, there's a massive kind of supporters' club community, um, and a lot of the bars and pubs in Dubai are scrambling to get them in. You know, we the, the, the pub that we've come to now, which is which is great, right in the, the centre of the city. Um, you know, they, they love our business, that we get to like you know two or three in the morning, we're still buying drinks, and, and that really kind of boosts their business. So it, yeah, um, yeah. it's a lot of pubs and clubs scrambling for, for the walls. They they've got a big club, they come watch watch the games with us when we play them um, and they've got a great pub that they were supposed to go to so yeah there's a really big community of supporters clubs obviously the Liverpool's Man City's and Man United's are pretty hefty here there's a few other ones you know Wolves I've mentioned Sheffield Wednesday you know, Crystal Palace even Southampton that but- I have some really great places to watch games, and and if anyone's coming over, I'd um, I'd encourage them to, to well, come come and join us anyway.
0: Yeah. So uh, just just so just quickly, how do people get in touch uh, with you uh, if, if they're coming over to uh, Dubai?
6: Uh, we one of the only supporters' clubs with with everything on channel, uh, with all the social media networks, right, and okay. DubaiLines. dot com. Um, so that's where you find more information about us. Rosen Crown have to City is where we. We watch the games and we're on the upper tier of there and get a good turnout every week and, and generally uh, good banter and good rituals. And as we always say, we're easy company. Uh, I,
0: th- I think I've sent a couple of people your way uh, in the past, but before we uh, we say goodbye, uh, just a quick prediction for the United game. What, what, do you, what are you thinking?
6: Uh, I think we've got a bit of newfound confidence. I think we can probably nick a 1-0 win. Um, I think we've played well the last game. I don't think Man United are, are really too hot at the moment. I think we could probably score
0: a win. Too much sunshine in Dubai for my uh, for my <laughs> liking. <Nah. laughs> Gone
6: to the head.
0: Where where we are, it's looking like a five nil to United. <laughs> I don't know. It's, last time we uh, beat them at Old Trafford was the old Gabby guy. I was there actually. At the one nil, wasn't it? Smash yep. and grab.
6: That was a one nil. No. I think I think we could do the same. I think we got the players to yeah no. the challenge them on the top end.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you've only got to see what we how we've performed against uh, the likes of Spurs and uh, Liverpool for long periods to suggest that we can actually, uh, if we finish the job off for a change, uh, we could actually uh, beat them on their patch. Anyway, it's a pleasure to uh, talk to you, Ryan, and thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, I think it's past midnight where you are, so uh, thanks very much, and uh, hopefully uh, see you in the flesh uh, either in Villa Park or in Dubai, preferably.
6: Yeah, thanks, Japs. I'll we'll be there with Christmas, so I'll, I'll catch up with you guys then.
0: Yeah, take care out there. Yeah, thanks, mate. Take
5: care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, right, John. See ya. All
0: right. Thanks again to Ryan from the Dubai Lions. Uh, and we will uh, be putting in another Mad Few Hotline call uh, in the next week as well. Uh no idea where we'll end up, but uh, that's part of the excitement. So thanks, as al- always, for listening. Uh, if you want uh, to become a patron, please go to the com website and check out the patron link to get access to bonus episodes and to support the show. Also, uh, as I said earlier on, it's Black Friday, so uh, do check out the shop option on the website because all the updated codes to save yourself money if you're buying Aston Villa presents uh, are on there. Subscribe to the show on Spotify. uh, Leave a review on iTunes if you listen there and also obviously follow. And uh, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye.
5: Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it hasn't recorded what we've uh, just done. Okay, that again? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not a problem. From the top. Hold on a minute. Make sure you mention Sean Teal's
5: wife's crack again. That's <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right,
6: hold on. No, she won't mind us all.
0: <laughs> Let's just ring and uh, take it from the top.
2: Sorry, but you've gotta laugh at that. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at Participating Restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com